Zen nicotine pouches deliver nicotine satisfaction anywhere, anytime, which means Zen pairs well with you, your personality, your schedule, and your spontaneity. Zen fits easily into your bag, pocket, and into your life because it's smoke-free, hands-free, and hassle-free. So the only person who will know you have a Zen pouch in is you. Visit Zinn.com or head to your local convenience store today to find your Zen. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Pause for a big thank you to our partner making today's program possible. Managing your diabetes just got easier. The powerful new Dexcom G7 lets you see your glucose numbers on your compatible watch and phone without finger sticks. Amazing. And because Dexcom G7 is the most accurate CGM system, you can be confident in your food, your exercise, and medication decisions. All those decisions can lead to big results, like more time in range and a lower A1C. Get started at Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com slash compatibility. Thanks, Dexcom, for being our partner. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. What's up, this is your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Crime Stories with Nancy Grace on Sirius XM Triumph, Channel 132. The murder that rocked a beautiful seaside town on Cape Cod 15 years ago. 46-year-old Krista Worthington, an accomplished fashion writer, was found murdered in her Truro home. She was stabbed through the chest. Her two-and-a-half-year-old daughter, Ava, was found unharmed near the body. She had taken her sippy cup and tried to feed her mother, and she's trying to wake her mother up. The Cape had never seen or witnessed an event like this, ever. We started kisses, and we wound up, ended up having Serious questions remain about how police handled the case and if they got the right man. A two-year-old little girl was discovered with her mom's dead body. This is a case I will never forget as long as I live. These facts of a two-year-old little girl there with her mother's cold dead body. And now, more questions arise in the murder of Krista Worthington. I'm Nancy Grace. This is Crime Stories. Thank you for being with us. I want to go straight out to John Limley, 
CrimeOnline.com investigative reporter. I want to start not with the brand new questions about the murder of Krista Worthington and how it came to be in this exclusive area of Cape Cod there in Truro, Massachusetts, that a a little two-year-old girl was there beside her mom's bloody body, cold and dead in the floor. I want to start at the beginning, not the new questions, but take me back to the day her body was discovered. And I'm talking about a gorgeous young mom, Krista Worthington. John Limley, tell me. Yes, Krista, absolutely gorgeous and so talented when it came to writing. She was a fashion writer for some of the top magazines, uh, Elle being one of them. Now, Nancy, this has all the makings of an Agatha Christie murder mystery, only this is real life and has real life uh, tragedy, Uh, and consequences. Uh, Let's first set the scene. Truro is, as you've said, a town in Massachusetts on the Cape, Cape Cod. If you know anything about the Cape, you may be aware that the tip is Provincetown. Uh, The Cape sort of looks like a flexed arm. So if Provincetown is the clenched fist, Truro is the wrist. Uh, Truro is filled with unspoiled natural beauty, beaches, high sandy cliffs on the ocean side. Uh, There's a beautiful lighthouse there. And one of the joys in Truro is exploring all of the back roads, discovering small beaches and quaint uh, properties that are dotted all along. Now, this is during the summer. During the winter, it's a ghost town. And this is the time of year we're talking about. It was January 6th, a bitterly cold winter day. And this former fashion writer, Krista Worthington, is found stabbed to death in her Cape Cod house. Hold on, uh, John Limley. An important fact we learned from the 911 call. Now, we learn, John Limley, that Krista Worthington is stabbed so uh, forcefully that the knife, the blade of the knife, nicked the floor. Absolutely. And the little baby girl is there with mommy's dead body trying to nurse, trying to nurse Krista's breast when she was found. Take a listen, and let's see what we can learn from the 911 call. 911, this line recorded. What is your emergency? Um... Please send somebody to 50 Depot Road. Okay, what's the problem? It's Crystal Worthington. I don't know what happened. I think she fell down or something. I'm, I'm sure she's dead. I think she's dead. Okay, is there somebody there? I just, I'm a friend, and I just was returning a flashlight to her, and I saw a light on. The two-year-old daughter was there nursing on her body. Okay, I'll send them right over. God, thank you. Back to you, John Limley. Let's go through the rest of what we know. How was her body found? Well, the body was found by a former boyfriend. We'll discover uh, in due course that there is more than one former boyfriend uh, in the story. Tim Arnold uh, was an author who wrote a number of books, including a children's book, uh, a rather disturbing children's book called The Winter Mittens. Arnold and Worthington dated for about a year, but then even after that, he continued to help her take care of little Ava, the little the little girl, after their relationship ended. Now, it was Arnold who discovered Worthington's body at her home and called police. Well, hold on just a moment. 
John Limley joining me, CrimeOnline.com investigative reporter, along with Dr. Bethany Marshall, a very well-known psychoanalyst joining us out of L.A., and crime scene expert, the director of the Cold Case Institute, Cheryl McCollum. Now, see, right there, Cheryl, uh, I assume police would first suspect the person that found her, the ex-lover. Absolutely. They're going to, you know, narrow that circle right there on him. No doubt about it. He's there. He can put himself at the crime scene. Um, the 911 call, though, helps him out a lot. I mean, he sounds distraught. He sounds upset. Um, he introduces the victim immediately, says who she is. And then he says, I'm not sure what happened to her, if she fell or whatever. So I mean, that helps out. Well, also, we know, I, I want to get your analysis of the crime scene, Cheryl, but we also know, and John Limley, correct me if I'm wrong, but her cell phone was left on the kitchen counter with one digit punched in, nine, as if she were trying to call 911, right. Cheryl. The crime scene is very telling, Nancy. Um, the door's kicked in, but before you get to the door, there's longings outside. There's some glasses, there's some socks, there's a beret, a hat. Um, so it looks like there was an issue outside. Looks like she might have tried to run in the house, lock the door, and call for help. And the door is violently kicked in. You can see a lot of damage on that door. And then again, the result of the one on the that- outside of the door. Yeah, I mean the, the no, door. No, wait a minute. Frame. Wait a minute. Tell me again. And I agree with you, by the way. But I want Bethany and Limley and Alan Duke to hear your reasoning as to why you think some sort of confrontation started outside. Items are thrown about. They're scattered in the yard. And again, the way the door is kicked in would lead you to think the door was locked, deadbolted. And on top of that, you have her trying to call 911. So she knew there was an issue um, prior to someone gaining entry. Now, when you look at the door, the door frame itself is damaged greatly. So it's really imperative to understand to get a door like that open, I mean, these old houses in Cape Cod, they're sturdy. They're strong. So you're talking about somebody having to kick probably more than, you know, more than one time to get that door open and then get to her. So she wasn't able to do much except get to the phone and punch the one number in. But her stab wound, there's one. But like you've already said, it went all the way through her and was able to penetrate the floor. So the force of what was done to her in that moment, um, horrific, violent. Well, you know, Krista Worthington is nobody's idiot. Uh, Krista found dead in her Truro, Massachusetts home. Bitter cold outside. It was January 6th. She grew up as an only child in Massachusetts with her father, Toppy Worthington and the mother Gloria. She went to Vassar College. I mean, you know, you got to be smart to get into Vassar. In the years following that, she became a very well known fashion writer working for Women's Wear Daily. You know, uh, she also worked for New York Times and Elle magazine, uh, also with some other international publications. But Cheryl McCollum, you, you just can't, like, walk into Women's Wear Daily or the New York Times Absolutely. or Vassar College and say, hey, <laughs> I, I want to work here. It doesn't work like nope. that, you know. No, nope. so, I would have loved to have gone to Vassar, but they weren't going to have it. 
So again, you're talking no, about a- no. They were not interested in us. No offense to them. <laughs> not at all. But um, okay. You know what? I'll stick with Mercer and NYU and call it a day. Okay, Vassar. You know, I don't have a chance at that. But this this Krista Worthington was no idiot. Now back to the baby, baby Ava. Do we know, John Lindley, who's the dad of baby Ava? Yes, we do indeed. That is Anthony Jacket. Uh, He's known as Tony Jacket. Uh, He's a man that's quite popular, very well known around Provincetown and Truro. In fact, he's known as the shellfish constable. It was his job to enforce fishing laws and make sure fishermen had the proper license. That's a big deal there. Absolutely. Because uh, in Truro, that's what they're known for. They're known for their shellfish. You know, like you go to certain areas in the Northeast for their lobster. Okay, that's one of the first things that happened when I went, Dr. Bethany, and you were with me on the airways when I first started Court TV. Yeah. I got taken out uh, all up and down Long Island looking for lobster. Okay, so apparently uh, nobody thought the lobster we had in Georgia was the real thing. Okay, so anyway... But I will say that it was darn good. And that's the thing about Truro. It's known for shell fishing, quiet beaches, beautiful scenery, very pristine. So he kind of had a big job there. He was the shellfish constable. Now, earlier I heard John Limley say, and I didn't really like the way he said it, that she had had several boyfriends. Well, who hasn't? (laughs) All right. All right. So just throw me in that pot and stew me. Fair enough. Okay. Fair enough. So there you go, Lemley. <laughs> Dr. Bethany, the baby, the baby is yeah. still nursing, nursing the mom's breast, and she's lying there cold and dead. I just pray to God the baby has no memory of this. What do you think about embedded child memories? I think the baby does have memories of this, and the, the memories could be what we call in my field preconscious and preverbal, meaning that the the baby who's now a little older may not have an actual visual image of the mother lying on the floor uh, with the stab wound, but may have a sense of something bad having happened. And we know with PTSD, there's often recurrent intrusive thoughts, uh, terrifying images. So even if baby Ava doesn't have that clear recollection, if something happens, like there's a loud noise or she sees an image on TV or watches a scary movie, there could be an intrusive sense of some bad happening, a sense of dread, a sense of foreboding. But it can just be unformed and not clearly linked to the past. I want to make a comment about the boyfriends because you were sort of laughing about how she had all, all these boyfriends. My yeah, thought I wasn't is- laughing. <laughs> I wasn't laughing. I was laughing about me having all the boyfriends. Oh, okay. And you know what? Can I just say, no offense to you guys, but thank God I married David Lynch. He is a saint. Okay? He helps me with the children. My mom has moved in with us after my dad passed away. He is a saint. And I also have with me, Bethany, I think I told you this, my nephew (laughs) is building a house with his new wife and their baby, and they have also moved in, and they have a cat and a dog. 
I have a cat and a dog, and Lucy got two guinea pigs for her birthday. So this house is rocking. Can I tell you that? You okay, that's, and that's, David, that's a whole new TV show for you. With yeah, put a camera Abby, in your, all the rooms. Including Abby and Chloe, the guinea pigs, mm. who fight incessantly all night long. Let me tell you, the only time I see my husband was I pass him empty in the trash. <laughs> so maybe that's a good thing, but what I'm saying, he's a saint, and there's not a darn thing wrong with having a parade of boyfriends. That's what it took to make me realize he was the one okay that you wanted back him. to what you were saying bethany okay what i was saying is that she had very cohesive relationships with the men she dated one of her ex-boyfriends the one who discovered the body actually was helping her raise baby ava the shellfish constable tony jacket she had a very cohesive relationship with him after that affair ended i'm sure we'll get more into that relationship and yet the perpetrator, whoever perpetrated this crime, had some violent encounter with her outside of the house, according to Cheryl McCollum, kicked in the door, accosted her before she was able to finish dialing 911. This was not an acquaintance rape. That was my point. Because she had boyfriends with whom she was in good relationships, I can't imagine any of them having done this. You know what? That's a, a, a very good point. To Cheryl McCollum, you know, the fact that I don't mean that you're still dating or or anything like that, but the fact that you're on good relations with your exes, I think it indicates a certain stability of mind on your part. You're not like hateful and vengeful and stalking and crazy. And no, it just didn't work out. You moved on. Absolutely. And a couple of them, you know, the men, they might have thought there's a chance to maybe rekindle and get back together. This scene, to me, with the drag marks outside and the glasses and the hat and the socks, this looks like someone that surprised her outside. And in whatever started, it started outside and led inside. And that's where it was concluded. The stab was... I, I want you to listen to this, Cheryl. Okay. We're getting a peek as to who Krista Worthington was mm-hmm. in life. Take a listen from our friends at ABC as they catch her friends discussing Krista Worthington. Listen. Krista was the only child. She grew up in Hingham, Mass., which is uh, south of Boston, kind of Tony suburb. Her father was a Harvard-educated lawyer, and it was a very privileged upbringing. After high school, Krista went to Vassar. I was a Vassar classmate of Krista Worthington. Krista and I were in this English thesis class. Krista was someone you would know because she was so short, but interesting looking and pretty. She was brilliant in class. I mean, the first few decades of her life outside of college were high fashion, high society. She began a career in fashion writing. She actually was a bureau chief in Paris for Women's Wear Daily. She wrote for all the major magazines, Cosmo, Harper's Bazaar. New York Times, she worked for Elle Magazine. I met Krista when we were editors together at Elle Magazine, probably 1990. It was kind of an ongoing party disguised as a publication. She interviewed people like Yves Saint Laurent, Martha Stewart. She even dated Anderson Cooper's brother. Krista's writing, oh, she could make anything just sound like magic. The most boring thing in the world was all of a sudden fresh and exciting. Smooth and refined pro style. The headscarf. The headscarf reveals as it conceals. The louder the go-away message, the more audible 
the come hither. Isn't that great? I want to pause very briefly with those words in mind about Krista Worthington in life. It just seems so ironic that we are talking about her death and her baby Ava and trying to sift through the clues left behind now. And I hear her friends speaking so poignantly about her. Our program today would not be possible without our partners, and I consider them, along with you listening and joining us today, our partners in a fight against crime. And I want to thank them. First, if you're like everybody else, you probably haven't said no very much to sugary sweets during the holiday season. But that is exactly why you need to schedule an appointment with an awesome dentist you can find at 1-800-DENTIST. Now, this is what I like about them. They can deal with your specific needs. Like, I've got two 10-year-old children. I need a pediatric dentist. My mom lives with us now since my dad passed away. I need a special dentist to deal with her dental problems. Then there's me. Then there's my husband. I mean, the list goes on. The specialist at 1-800-DENTIST match you specifically with a local dentist that suits your specific dental needs. For a dentist with the latest technology, find one with CEREC. That's C-E-R-E-C, pronounced like Eric, but CEREC. Those dentists can create a high-quality crown in one office visit. No more multiple trips. No more spending gaps of time with gaps in your teeth. That is not attractive. With the dentist you find at 1-800-DENTIST, you get the care you need before the year's over. Don't worry about replacing a temporary crown you got in December with a permanent one in January. Do it all at once. Usher in the new year with a beautiful smile. Learn about CEREC and book your appointment today Visit 1-800-DENTIST.COM slash CEREC. 1-800-DENTIST.COM slash C-E-R-E-C. 1-800-DENTIST.COM slash CEREC. 1-800-DENTIST, thank you for helping us have a beautiful smile. And now straight back to Cape Cod as we dissect the murder of this gorgeous accomplished young mother, found stabbed dead on the floor, stabbed so violently the knife actually nicks the floor beneath her. The only digit nine dialed on her cell phone as we believe she tried to call 911. As Cheryl McCollum from Cold Case Institute has pointed out, This clearly started outside the door and entered into the home. Her little baby girl, Ava, found nursing her mom lying cold and dead in the floor. But I want you to hear from a very important player in this this scenario. It's Tony Jacket, the so-called shellfish constable, one of her previous boyfriends. Listen to what he says. I got to know her a little bit. I think there was a time that she asked me to do something up at her house, and that was how when I got to be more friendly with her. His title was Shellfish Constable. He really was sort of the, the police of the fish in the area. He was good-looking and dashing. People talk about his thick, black, curly hair. Tony was the kind of guy that women wanted and men wanted to be. Before you know it, he was going over to her house for tea. I remember thinking, go home, go home, and I would turn right, go right up the driveway. 
And then, of course, it became a little deeper. I think I got caught up in the idea of a romance. It was just exciting, you know? The thing that makes the relationship with Tony kind of tricky is that he'd been married for 27 years and had six kids. If there was a sweeter person on earth between the hours of 8 and 9.15, I would not believe it. Tony became tender, and we were made new, spellbound. I love him. It's a small town. Uh, you're nervous, or, or at least aware that, you know, you could be seen. So, you know, to Dr. Bethany Marshall, psychoanalyst, joining me out of L.A., Dr. Bethany, you know, a lot of men would have been rageful at that time that she announces, hey, we're breaking up and I'm pregnant. But it, it really, truly doesn't seem to be that way. No, like I said earlier, she had very cohesive relationships. What surprises me is not only does Tony Jacket have five children of his own at the time of the affair, but after the affair concludes, he decides to tell his wife. His wife forgives him, accepts Tony back, and actually brings Krista Worthington and Ava into their family. In other words, the wife establishes good relationships with Krista. So once again, you have a very stable, cohesive, loving community. Like you said earlier, none of the like the revenge, the anger, the stalking, all the things that we hear in unstable relationships. This town really has so much stability in the community. And then I go back to the crime scene that Cheryl is painting for us, this rageful encounter, the door being kicked in, a bloodied scene, you know, a knife that is plunged so forcefully into her chest that it actually nicks the floor. Whoever did this was an outsider in this community. And by an outsider, I don't mean that this person lived outside the town. But I, I don't know person... that I agree with you that this had to be an outsider because, you know, domestic violence takes a lot of very ugly forms. But uh, to Cheryl McCollum, I, I'm also not saying that I think it's Tony Jacket. And I'm also saying that I don't think it's Tim Arnold because when I hear him on the 911 call, Mm-hmm. And, and let me point out also, police first suspected him, as I would have too, after years and years of prosecuting and investigating. But he was cleared. He was cleared by police. But I still don't think you can rule out a domestic. Well, Nancy, I kind of agree with uh, Dr. Bethany on this one. And the reason is... All right, have- just throw me to the wolves. <laughs> Go ahead, side with her. See if I care. You, there is my reasoning. You have a violent scene outside where somebody's been drugged and, you know, article of clothing have been, you know, removed because of some scuffle. Then you've got the door violently kicked in. She's clearly sexually assaulted, but only half nude and one, one stab wound. If this were domestic, that would have been multiple and it would have been from the chest and the neck area or the abdomen. Here you have one, not even in the heart in the lungs. So to me, it does seem like somebody that she was not romantically involved with for a long period of time. Okay, I'm, I'm kind of coming over to your side. And I was not saying that it was domestic. I was just saying that I, I wouldn't rule it out. 
because of what I see. Absolutely. Not, not but you two anyway. can go Absolutely. ahead and take that leap of faith. But I'm going to wait on some actual evidence, okay? <laughs> um, let's go back to John Limley. Okay, then, okay, look, we, we know we've ruled out Tony Jacket, the father of Ava. We know we've ruled out Tim Arnold, the former boyfriend that writes the children's book that's still helping her, you know, raise Ava. These, these guys are still in her life, I think, in a positive way, helping her. All right, so then what happens, Limley? Well, as you can see, the list of suspects is getting longer and longer as time goes by. Uh, essentially, before all is said and done, every male in the community. And at the top of the list, as you've said, were these ex-boyfriends. But a, a surprising person at the top of the list. I hope you're not trying to say she slept with all these guys, because that's kind of what it sounds like. That's oh, no, true. no, no. And I don't need... Well, I, don't, I guess not. I don't need to dig my hole any deeper. Yes, Absolutely you're not. digging your <laughs> grave with your teeth. Okay, go ahead. Well, uh, also at the top of the list uh, for investigators, Krista's father uh, was Why? even questioned in the case. Why was he uh, questioned? Well, uh, this 72-year-old dad had been having a relationship with a 29-year-old Boston former prostitute and heroin addict. Oh, it and, just never ends. And Krista, Wait a minute, wait a minute. Wait, 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 wait. Excuse me, John Limley. Uh, Cheryl, I think you'll agree with me that we need to shrink. Dr. Bethany Marshall, what is wrong with men? It's not that I hate them, but what's a 79-year-old <laughs> man doing driving into town? <sighs> Meeting up with a 20-something-year-old hooker. I mean, you know what? Um, that's just wrong on so many levels. What is wrong with them? <laughs> uh, I have a hard time answering that one. I think the operative word is hooker. Um, okay. Maybe this Enough said. Would... Enough okay. said. Okay. But can Whatever. you imagine, is a 72-year-old man going to be able to plunge a knife into a woman's chest? I mean, really. And so his daughter. So daughter. wait a minute, John Limley. He they what did they think he was having a fight, an argument with Krista over the hooker? Well, Who cares? Krista, Who cares if he has a hooker? Go, go, go! Chris, I'd just be mad if you didn't. Krista was understandably a little shaken by this relationship and had had a, num a number of arguments with her father about his supporting this woman, and so investigators wondered, well, maybe because. Krista's making such a fuss over this relationship, either the dad, maybe the 29-year-old, uh, had decided to remove her from the oh, picture. Oh, that is so far-fetched. But you know what, Cheryl? I give an A-plus to the police for investigating it because what you don't want is when you do catch the real killer, it comes up in trial. Oh, it could have been the dad and his hooker girlfriend that he's supporting. I'd be mad, too, if my father's out spending my grandchildren's inheritance on a hooker. Hello, she that hooker looks at him and all she sees is a big ATM machine. That's so, uh-uh. So why not? I, I'm okay with her, her being mad at him. You know what, though? It's one of those situations where their good time of investigating this case is being wasted because she yeah. clearly did not put seminal fluid on this victim. So it's a big waste of time. Okay, there you go. That is the turning point, the seminal fluid that... Sperm, DNA, possible sex, possible rape, John Limley, seminal fluid. Catch me up. Yeah, this is one of the things that has really kind of 
uh, confused investigators because the seminal fluid is degraded to the point uh, where, uh, you know, someone that is well-versed in this area of study, the, the tails of the individual sperm had broken off. So that gives you an idea. Well, that gives that you it's the age of the sperm. That gives right. you the age of the sperm. And because, so they're um, not really sure. The I first mean, thing uh, to break off of a sperm, think of a sperm, a spermatozoa, is looking like a shrimp, okay? Or a little, a little tadpole with a head and a little body and a tail. The first thing that breaks off when it starts, as time passed, hours pass, the first thing to break off is the tail. Okay, that will happen. What would you say? Uh, would you say, Cheryl, between 7 and 12 hours or maybe 5 to 12 hours? What would you say to that? I would say between 5 to 12. And then the head breaks off, and then the sperm totally degenerates. Although you can still get DNA, you don't have the sperm intact. So all is not lost just because the sperm starts to degenerate it's all degenerated by in about 36 to 72 hours but you can still get dna no matter what whether it's degenerated or not so we find sperm without a tail the only significance to that is it can date the you know as hours we're talking about hours that the sperm got there all right so they find seminal fluid on an inner body the tail is gone. So it's been, let's just say, five hours-ish. Uh, it's very inexact. Okay, John, then what happens? Well, John Limley joining us, Crime Online investigative contributor, reporter. Go ahead, John. DNA tests were conducted on really any guy that would submit a sample. They even had, uh, police had stations set up at at least three different restaurants around town where people could come in and voluntarily uh, have their their cheek swabbed for DNA. Uh, initially, there was simply no match, and the killing remained unsolved for three years until there was a surprise arrest. Uh, investigators had a DNA hit, and the results left really everyone stunned. Wow. What a break in the case. Uh, three years pass after Krista Worthington found dead in her floor her baby girl, Ava, trying to nurse the mom's dead body. And DNA stations set up at restaurants and other locations in town. Everybody signing up to take DNA to prove they are not the one that killed Krista Worthington. And then out of the blue, a match. What does it prove? Quickly, thank you to our partners making our investigation into the murder of Krista Worthington possible. It's Super Beats. Everybody's talking about superfoods, nutritionally dense foods, super beneficial to your health. Did you know that beets are one of the most powerful superfoods loaded with an important nutrient to increase your blood flow and hence your energy? But who wants to eat a pound of beets every day? Now you can get the super benefits of beets in a powerful concentrated superfood drink. Super beets made from beets grown to exacting standards and concentrated into superfood crystals. 
Superbeets promotes the body's natural ability for healthy circulation and increased energy. You want the benefits of a powerful superfood? Call 800-516-0683 or go to nancysbeets.com. With the first order, get an extra 30 days of Superbeets free, plus indicator strips to see how Superbeets works for you. And free shipping, 800-516-0683 or go to nancysbeats.com today. Don't leave your dog out of the holiday fun. Get the Link AKC Smart Collar. It's this year's must-have gift. It's backed by the American Kennel Club. The Link AKC Collar is a GPS locator and a fitness activity tracker, all controlled through a smartphone app. It even has an LED light and temperature sensor. The GPS locator quickly and accurately tells you where your dog is right on your app. Doesn't matter how old your dog is, whether it's a pure breed or a mutt, Link AKC's activity and wellness tracker shows the exact amount of activity specifically for your dog. It's so easy to set up. Sizes for every dog. Keep your dog safe, happy, healthy with the Link AKC Smart Collar. The perfect gift for you and your dog. Give it a try risk-free for 90 days. Plus, you'll save 30% and get free shipping on your order if you use code NANCY at LinkAKC.com. LinkAKC.com, code NANCY. And I want to thank one other partner who is making our program possible, and it is Link AKC. This year's quote must-have gift for dogs and their owners, it's the Link AKC Smart Collar. It's backed by the American Kennel Club. It's a GPS locator, a fitness activity tracker, and it's all controlled through your smartphone. It even has an LED light and temperature sensor. Not that I think your dog is going to need an LED light or temperature sensor. I love the GPS locator, and I'll tell you why. I don't have to worry about Fat Boy, a.k.a. Nitro, running down the street and getting run over. I can look straight at this app and see exactly where he is. It's total peace of mind. Then you've got the activity wellness tracker. Doesn't matter how old or chubby your dog is, whether it's a pure breed or a mutt-like Fat Boy, Link AKC shows the amount of activity each and every dog needs. It's easy to set up, and there are sizes for every dog. It's super comfy. Link AKC, so handsome or beautiful on your pet. Check out our Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter to see the pictures I posted of Fat Boy. Keep your dog safe, happy, and healthy with Link AKC, risk-free, 90 days. It's the perfect gift for you and your dog, and right now, 30% off and free shipping on your order if you use code Nancy, N-A-N-C-Y, at linkakc.com. Link A-K-C, Alpha Kappa, C as in cat, linkakc.com, code Nancy, for 30% off and free shipping. Linkakc.com, code Nancy. Thank you for being our partner today. John Limley A shocking match just pops up out of nowhere. Who, what, where, why, and when? Tell me. Nancy, the match was a man named Christopher McGowan. All of Krista's friends and family members started asking, who in the world is Christopher McGowan? No one knew the name. No one knew Chris McGowan. Well, it turns out that McGowan was Krista's garbage man. Uh, McGowan, uh, Worthington's former trash collector, was placed at the scene by that DNA. 
um, in a disputed statement, McGowan, that uh, he gave to police, he admitted having sex with Worthington eventually. There were a number of stories he told, and uh, even having a part in beating her. So that was damning. Uh, to say the least. Wait a minute. Whoa, whoa, whoa. What did you say about beating her? He he even it admitted that he took part in beating her. Well, he so the trash collector, Chris McGowan, who was on her route, says he beat her. Mm-hmm. So let me understand this. So he says he beat her. His sperm is on her body, and her hat and mittens whatever are outside the front door in the all over the yard and the door is kicked in she's covered in sperm she's stabbed dead with her baby in the home and he says they had consensual sex is that my understanding is that correct john limley it is indeed um he went on to blame the fatal stabbing as i said eventually because there were a number of stories he told over time uh-huh. he blamed that on a friend of his jeremy Fraser. jeremy Fraser. jeremy Fraser is a friend of chris mcgowan's and he admitted to being with mcgowan at a bar on Friday, two days before Krista's body was found, he stated that he separated from McGowan later that night when they left the bar, and he stayed at a friend's house. He denies he ever went into the home, and nothing in the home to Cheryl McCollum indicates he was ever there. No fingerprints, no anything, correct? No, nothing. But Nancy, you know, this perpetrator does admit to having sex with her on Thursday. But again, to your point, when she's found on Sunday, sperm doesn't add up. Mm-mm. No, because you've still got the sperm intact, and that's where the tails, the body, and the head of the sperm take on critical significance Absolutely. because the sperm were intact minus the tail. What does that say, Cheryl McCollum? And it was less than 48 hours, no question about it. Less than 36 hours, no question about it. No way well, it's Thursday to Sunday. Probably, probably less than that, probably uh, if the only the tails were breaking off, probably oh, sure. less than thirty six hours, that the so called sex and I'm doing air quotes happened because there's no doubt in my mind that this was a rape and a murder. But hold on, I want you to listen to the very latest. Take a listen to what Chris McGowan's father and others say, who he was and why he's not the killer. He wanted to be friends with everybody. I'm Roy McCowan. I'm the father of Chris McCowan. I'm saying to myself, Christopher McCowan is a player. He's not a murderer. And then when I read about the knife and the woman's chest stuck it so hard where, where it stuck to the floor, I said, there's no way in the world that Chris. Christopher loved his job. He, he always wanted to, to move up, he wanted to get his own truck, and he wanted to like partner with, with his boss. So, so I thought that was great. I met with Chris McCowan. In my mind, uh, he was not a person capable of this type of crime. There was no motive. It's a guy who, who was a father, who loved children. Chris's daughter was the same age as uh, Ava, was the same age as Ava. This is not a cold, deliberate, calculating person. This is not a person who had a reason to do harm to another. There are a number of people who don't believe that Christopher McCowan could ever would have done this, and that includes his boss. They've got the wrong person. This person just would not do that. When he would get in an argument with another driver over some 
silly thing, and Chris would just walk away from it. Okay, not only that, ABC's Sonny Huston also speaks to McGowan from behind bars. I don't believe a word of this. Listen. This is a Global Telling prepaid call from Christopher McCall. Hi, Chris. Hello. Hey. Let's go back to how this all started, okay? Been the garbage, man. You know, I get to go by everybody's houses and, you know, get to talk to them briefly. She asked me to come in the house and, um, to look at a Christmas tree. Were you attracted to her? She had something with her. Standing there that close in that vicinity with her, you know, one thing just led to another. What do you mean one thing led to another? It's just like, it was just a mutual thing between two people, I guess. And we started kissing, and we winded up, ended up having, having sex. So how many times were you intimate with Krista? Just one time. The night before she was murdered, that that's not his original story, was it, Cheryl McCollum? Nancy, it wasn't his original story, and also the sperm was found outside of her body and inside of her body. So again, she didn't shower or anything either. I call BS. Now, what is the significance is the sperm is outside and inside her body? What does that say to you? Again, this sounds like an assault to me. This occurred on the kitchen floor with her two-year-old right there. She's only half undressed. This does not sound like a consensual, romantic interlude. He gives a story that, you know, he's delivering or collecting the trash, and she basically comes on to him. Okay. Only in Oh, you left out the beating. You left out the beating. We're not there yet. He, He only admits to that later. But only in Playboy does this happen, gentlemen, um, that this, you know, beautiful Vassar graduate is just sitting on her front porch waiting for you to come by to collect the trash. And she just has to have you right that moment, that very instant, because you're just so freaking attractive. She can't control herself. Not ever has that happened in the history of the world, gentlemen. So when we hear it, every woman goes, hmm, I think he killed her and raped her. Yep. And all the guys are saying that doesn't happen. It doesn't happen. It doesn't. Uh, and I can be very firm about this. Did I hear Dr. Bethany Marshall chime in? Go ahead, Bethany. It does not happen. Absolutely not. The fact, this woman was so polished, so sophisticated. Her writing was revered. As you said, she was a Vassar graduate. She was the 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 Paris editor of Women's Wear Daily. She was so sophisticated. You know, when I listen to this Chris McGowan, one of the things I hear is him confessing to what he did and then minimizing it. So he'll say, um, I got with her instead of I raped her. I, he'll say, he said, I beat her rather than I stabbed her. So everything is a minimization of the act. I think it's quite significant that the semen is also on the body because it speaks to the the mode of the sex attack, which is that it was very rageful. And what I imagine might have happened is that he beat her, rendered her unconscious, raped her, and then masturbated on her. And then when he stabbed her through the lung, I think the most horrifying part of this, besides baby Ava being present for this entire sex attack, 
is that she must have struggled for hours before she died. This is the this is the sad thing to me because he didn't stab her through the heart, he stabbed her through the lungs. So this is a very painful, torturous, long uh, death process for her. You know, he is now saying that, as he elaborates, quote, it was just a mutual thing between two people. We started kissing and then we winded up, ended up having sex. Okay. And he admits beating her. And I'm just telling you, John Limley, the only reason he changed his story from consensual sex on Thursday night to sex the night before, whatever he changed it to, is because his defense lawyer said, forensically, Thursday night's impossible because his sperm has not degraded. This just happened a couple of hours before. So we got to work on that story. So he changed his story. And now he's speaking from behind bars whining that he wished he had taken the stand. He didn't take the stand and subject himself to cross-examination because he would be cut up, sliced up like a Thanksgiving turkey on the stand with his lies. But, oh, it's okay to get on the phone with the reporter and just blah, 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 and tell your story without anybody stopping you and confronting you on your lies. And it's not just his lies, John Limley. We've got a dead mother. And a child growing up without her mother, and this guy's sitting on his rear end behind bars, lying into a phone receiver. I don't like it, Limley. Right. During trial, uh, McGowan's lawyers contended that, sure, his uh, client's DNA was present, but that was because of this consensual sex, air quotes. Uh, McGowan even admitted to beating Krista, but said that he had nothing to do with her murder. In the end, the jury did not buy this one bit, and McGowan was found guilty of first-degree murder, rape and burglary, and is now serving three concurrent terms of life in prison uh, after being found guilty. Uh, Lawyers are working at this very moment uh, to try to bring this case back to trial. You know what? Here's my fear, Cheryl McCollum. Just as we saw in the highly popular podcast, Serial, about uh, the murder of a young girl at the hands of Adnan Syed, it gathered so much ground. There is motion for new trial activity. Um, Not only that, you saw Making a Murderer with Stephen Avery, the highly biased. And I covered the disappearance of Teresa Hallback, the young um, photographer that was murdered by Stephen Avery. And he lied to me to my face about what happened the hours leading up to her death. I mean, he lied to me. Why lie to me? And then he contradicted his own, his own story to police. I mean, he lied through his teeth. Absolutely. So what I'm saying is mm-hmm. that when stories are publicized and you're hearing a, let me just say, journalist review of what happened, you're not hearing all the facts a jury heard. And what's concerning me about him now saying, oh, I want a new trial. I should have testified. Woulda, coulda, shoulda. All right? The evidence is overwhelming. And I don't want this daughter going through this again. I know what it's like to be a crime victim. And that's one of the last things on earth I would want is to have to relive that murder trial. Well, let's just bring everybody up to date. He did not testify. But he did get a chance to talk to that judge. And when he had his chance, he said, and I quote, 
I never meant for this to ever take place. He didn't say he didn't do it. Well put. I want to hear again. Alan, please let me hear the voices of those who loved her as they describe Krista Worthington. Krista was the only child. She grew up in Hingham, Mass, which is uh, south of Boston, kind of Tony suburb. Her father was a Harvard-educated lawyer, and it was a very privileged upbringing. After high school, Krista went to Vassar. I was a Vassar classmate of Krista Worthington. Krista and I were in this English thesis class. Krista was someone you would know because she was so short, but interesting looking and pretty. She was brilliant in class. She began a career in fashion writing. She actually was the bureau chief in Paris for Women's Wear Daily. She wrote for all the major magazines, Cosmo, Harper's Bazaar. New York Times, she worked for Elle magazine. She interviewed people like Yves Saint Laurent, Martha Stewart. She even dated Anderson Cooper's brother. Krista's writing, oh, she could make anything just sound like magic. The most boring thing in the world was all of a sudden fresh and exciting. Let me ask you, John Lemley, where is baby Ava, as I've always called her, where is she now? She has been living with a dear friend of Krista's now for the vast majority of her life. She's 18. Friends say that she is well-adjusted, she's a freshman in college, that uh, on the surface, you'd never know that she had gone through this, well, investigators think she was with her her mom's dead body for about 36 hours uh, by the time uh, she was discovered. That's a lot to go through, two and a half years old or not, but for her to be um, just the uh, stable young woman that she appears to be is nothing short of a miracle. You know, that is a miracle. Dr. Bethany, a lot of crime victims put on a happy face. But inside, the knowledge that your mother was raped and murdered and that you were found sitting by her dead body in the floor is a baby. I mean... I don't. I don't think that will ever go it's away. Hard to imagine. No, no, it's it not. It can't because Nancy. No one can replace one's mother. I mean, your mother is the one who loves you, who has your best interests at stake, who is very foundational, provides what we call in my field that secure base, um, which you can always go back to, and from which you can go back out into the world. And nobody else can replace that. But. On the other hand, people, human beings are resilient. And that's what I want your listeners to to know, that no matter what happens to them in their lives, even if they're crime victims or they suffer trauma, that the human spirit is quite resilient. And the most therapeutic thing that one can do after being a victim or, or most therapeutic thing that could take place for baby Ava is to have secure relationships throughout her life. And, and it's those secure relationships that are healing and are therapeutic. I pray that what John Lemley has told us is true. I pray that Ava is happy and healthy and doing well and surrounded by love and that her mother is watching over her every single minute of every single day. Nancy Grace, Crime Story, signing off. Goodbye, friend.
I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. The journey to a smoke-free future can be a long and winding road. But if you're ready for a change, consider taking Zinn for a spin. Zinn nicotine pouches offer a fresh way to discover your nicotine satisfaction. Anywhere, anytime. No smoke, no spit, and no lingering odor. Get in gear with the Zen 10 Challenge and enjoy 10 smoke-free, spit-free days for just $5.95. Order online and start your new journey today. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Big thank you to our partner making today's crime stories possible. It's Lisa Mattress. Lisa's Sapira Hybrid has been named Wirecutter's Best Hybrid Mattress five years running. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com forward slash Nancy for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com forward slash Nancy. Thanks, Lisa Mattress, for being our partner.